talk a lot about Jesus and what he came to do, because that's what our faith is all about. In this series called Blood and Guts, we're doing a deep dive into the book of Hebrews to see how Jesus connects to the Old Testament and what that means for our lives today. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. In week three of Blood and Guts, we had our very own David Kinney joining us to kind of give us the message and talk to us about Blood and Guts. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues, so um, we did not record that. We weren't able to record that night, Um, but I am going to share with you some of the notes and some of the stuff that he brought to us on that night. And he started out by telling us how much of a nerd he was um, by his love for history. And he told us he took some college classes that he didn't even need to take because he just loved history. And I, I can agree with him in some ways. Um, like the inspiration that people in history give us that so many people, men and women that changed the world um, with their lives here on earth, people like George Washington uh, that led the revolution, uh, people like Harriet Tubman, who was born into slavery, then escaped slavery, and then went back in to help other people escape slavery. Incredible. And then later on in her life, um, she was an activist for women's suffrage. So an incredible woman. Um, and there's just so many people who impacted the world in a big way. And um, it, it can be challenging for, for people like me um, to, to look at my life and say, what am I going to do when I'm looking at these people in history and the way that they changed everything? It can make me look at myself and say, what am I going to do? What am I even able to do? I mean, Justin Timberlake, for example, was in Mickey Mouse Club. He was in NSYNC. He had incredible movies and music. And um, as Dave would say, I can't stop the feeling that I will never be able to do anything to change the world. Like, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy in uh, in a ministry in Pennsylvania, and what can I do to leave a legacy? Well, let's start here. The big point, the number one thing that we want to remember from this idea, from this message is that it takes guts to change the world. So we're in week three of this series. Like I said, we're in the series called Blood and guts. And in this series, we've been studying the book of Hebrews. In the first two weeks, I was talking a lot about the blood and we learned how important it was that Jesus was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. And we also learned about the old Testament way of sacrificing animals to cover sin. And then how Jesus came as the perfect son of God who died on the cross as the perfect sacrifice and became the fulfillment of the old way of doing things. And now his blood takes away our sins and it's not an animal sacrifice anymore, but we look to the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus to be the once and for all payment for sins. So it's been a lot of blood, but because we know who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross, we now get to be world changers. And that takes guts because it takes guts to change the world. So we have this question, how do we change the world? And when we have a big question about this, the best thing to do is to turn to God and ask him to help us because God is great. And he left us this huge book full of help called the Bible. And we should always use that as the first place we look for our answers. So let's take a look at this book and see what God has to say about how we can change the world. So like I said, we're in this uh, study on Hebrews. And so Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of a famous chapter. It's filled with a bunch of heroes from the Old Testament, and it acts like kind of a hall of fame for the Bible. In fact, a lot of people call it the hall of faith. Now, these great men and women are recorded in this chapter because they're people who had guts and put their faith in God. And because they did that, they left a legacy that we're reading about still thousands of years later. So we're going to start out by reading Hebrews chapter 11. Some of the stuff in here is really, really important. Chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 say this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This 
is what the ancients were commended for. So let's stop here real quick. These first two verses set up the whole chapter. They're very, very important because everyone in the verses that follow had the guts to trust God at his word. When he made a promise to them, they had the confidence that even though they couldn't see the end of the story, what God was going to do for them, they had faith. And when we keep reading, we'll see what they did by faith. So verses three, and we're going to go for quite some time here um, in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel bought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. A side note here, it's important to believe that God is good. And when we seek him out, he rewards us with more of himself. So that means more of God's love, more of his joy and peace and patience and self-control. He's good to us. And we just need to trust that he will always come through for us because he is always good for us. Okay, back into uh, Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So let's skip forward to verse 17 here. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he... When his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Holy cow, this is a intense list of Bible heroes. And I don't know about you, but when I'm reading this, I can like begin to feel a little bit discouraged. Um, like I've never done anything that's taken that much faith. I've never moved across the world because God told me to. I've never built an ark in the middle of nowhere so that you know some of humanity could survive. All of these people seem perfect. They seem incredibly faithful. But I have good news. These people are not perfect. The only time God has ever used a perfect person was when Jesus came down to earth. The rest of them messed up over and over again. Abraham lied and said his wife was his sister because he was afraid of some people. 
Noah got so drunk he forgot to put his clothes on, and that was a whole thing. Um, Sarah laughed at God when he told her that she was going to have a baby. These were the people that God chose to change the world with. And that's so encouraging because I am not perfect, not even close. But God can still use me. And I wanted to. I want to have the guts to let God use me and change this world for the better. I'm going to give you three steps, three steps to begin to get ready to uh, be a person of faith and change the world because it takes guts to change the world. So first, really important to step into the yes. For the first thing that world changers do is say yes to God when he asks them to do something. This is a big part of what makes them different, what makes them world changers. They say yes and obey God when he speaks to them. Now, this takes the most guts because God often thinks more of us than we think of ourselves. So when we see ourselves as people who aren't capable of much, who are unworthy and unusable, God looks at us as redeemed sons and daughters of the king of the universe. He sees us as worthy to step into the yes that he has for us. So that's the first step. The first thing we need to do to leave a legacy, to change the world, step into the yes. Here's the thing, and this is something I struggle with. God doesn't ask us to step into the yes, to obey him when he speaks to us so that we can make it into the history books. Leaving a legacy does not mean that you achieved fame in this world. That's not the reason God wants us to obey him. It says in Matthew 6.1, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. We step into the yes and obey God because we love him and we know that he loves us and knows what's best for us. So step boldly into that yes because it takes guts to change the world. So let's get back into Hebrews chapter 11 and start back up at verse 23 and talk about more of these people of faith. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edicts. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And that more, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. So this list of heroes grows even longer and more impressive, and this is when we get to step two. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's important enough to talk about twice. Step two, you don't have to be perfect. You have to be surrendered. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be surrendered. One of my favorite things about the Bible is that it doesn't only focus about the good parts of the people it's talking about. As we read the Bible, we get to see all the mistakes made by some of the biggest world changers to ever walk the earth. God uses ordinary, messed up, broken people just like you and I. 
Every time I think I'm disqualified to be used by God because of something I've done or said, that is a lie of the enemy. And I encourage you to learn the promises of God throughout the Bible. So when you hear that you aren't good enough to do something, you can say, no, I know the truth. For example, Ephesians 2.10 says, I am God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. The only reason that these people changed the world was that they surrendered to God's plan for their lives. They trusted God and they trusted that he was good and they gave him control of their lives, their time, their money. And most of all, they gave their hearts fully to God's mission of saving people and of showing the way to peace and hope when there is no peace and hope around. There's a really great quote from an author named Jenny Allen that really sums all this up. She said, great people don't do great things for God. God does great things through surrendered people. I love that. I'm going to say it again. Great people don't do great things for God. God does great things through surrendered people. It is zero about us. And what we can do for God. It's about God's glory and his rescue mission that we ordinary people get to be a part of. He gets all the credit. To change the world, you need to step into the yes. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be surrendered. And lastly, and possibly the most important thing, we need the Holy Spirit. People we read about in Hebrews were surrendered to God and knew him well. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get to know him even better. In fact, he sent his Holy Spirit down to earth to give us the power to step into the yes. He's, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we'll be able to do any of this. And we can't trust in ourselves to do it by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit's help. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We can try and try and try and try, but without God and the Holy Spirit, it's all for nothing. We need to know God in order to do any of this. And the best way to know God is to read his word, to worship him, and to pray. And I know this seems like elementary stuff, but these are the ways we get close to God. These are the things we do to connect with our God. So we talk about 10 and 10. Use your 10 and 10 to listen to the Holy Spirit as he tells you what to do. 10 minutes every day in prayer, 10 minutes every day reading the Bible. Use those ways to connect with the Holy Spirit. And when he tells you to do something, take that next step. There are people listening to this that have done these things, that have stepped into the yes. There are people that at Apex who have stepped into the yes that God has given them. Dave gave us some really good examples. He said Doug and Mandy who stepped into the yes and started letting kids who needed a family into their home. And now their lives are harder than they ever expected, but also better than anything they ever could have imagined. Alyssa stepped into the yes, and now she's going on a mission trip for about a whole year, and she is trusting that God is going to get her there. We think of Mackenzie, who was just at Apex as a student not long ago. She heard God, stepped into the yes, and now she is going to school to be a youth pastor, just like Matt is as well. We think of Jill, who not long ago just left Apex to serve at another student ministry, and Apex was able to commission her to step into her yes as well. 
And on the night that Dave was sharing all these thoughts, Doug actually stopped everything and he said, hey, can we take a minute to acknowledge another person? And he was talking about Dave, who was leading that service and saying Dave stepped into the S and is pursuing this youth ministry thing to understand students better and help teenagers get connected with God. He is another person who stepped into the S. And the yes isn't always crazy. Sometimes it's it's a what we would see as a smaller yes. Sometimes stepping into the yes is sitting next to a sad boy at lunch or buying a homeless lady's food. Sometimes just even telling your friends that you love Jesus and that they should love Jesus too. That is a yes that God is asking us to step into. And even those small things are not easy. And we can acknowledge that. None of this is easy because it takes guts to change the world. So let's pray. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit's power to surrender our lives fully to God and step into the yes. God, thank you so much for your word and for its instruction on our lives and the way that we can apply it to this scenario, God, that you you are speaking things into our lives. You are giving us small and large missions all the time. So God, I pray that you help us to step into the yes. Because it takes guts to change the world and we're not going to be able to have those guts on our own. So God, I pray that you give us an extra dose of your Holy Spirit's power to have the guts to step into the yes. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to be surrendered to you and have faith in your mission for our lives. And we look at Hebrews 11 and see the people that changed the world for you, God. And I pray that you help us to live lives like that to live a legacy for you, completely surrendered to you. Help us to step into the yes and have the guts to change the world. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope this message has mattered in your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.